Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, live from Costa Rica. Well, I guess I'm not live. Joined, as always, by co-host Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. It's raining a lot here. We're going to talk about the Andaz Papagayo, a hotel I had been trying to get to for many years, Joe. But how has your week been? It's been good. We are recording on Sunday night because, Sean, you're flying tomorrow and we're recording later because I went to the touring Broadway Frozen show. Sean, I must say that at least 50% of the 10-year-old and younger girls were wearing Elsa or Anna dresses. It was like more Elsa dresses than I've ever seen percentage-wise, like not even close to what I've seen at Disney World. I guess that makes sense, right? It's Halloween coming up. So we're recording this, you know, two days before Halloween. So, you know, you got to get the costume out for the show. Yeah, I feel like that, like, you know, because my youngest daughter was like, oh, I want to wear my Elsa dress. And I, I didn't think of anything of it. But I guess that's what everyone thinks of doing when they go to the show. Confession, my daughter has neither an Anna or an Elsa or Nora. I don't know, Nora or my daughter has neither an Elsa nor an Anna dress. So uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm a bad parent in that way, a bad Disney fan. So I guess we'll have to do better. Although I have sold a ton of those. I bought a bunch of those on clearance a couple years ago and I've sold them and they were way overproduced, Joe. And it's been okay. It wasn't, I didn't lose money, but it wasn't popular as you would think it would be because, you know, that's my thinking, just what you saw that everybody is going to be buying this. So it'd be a great resale item, but Disney produced like a gazillion of those types of costumes. Uh, So that's, uh, that's my frozen related reselling story. Wait, so did you lose money on it then, or did you do okay? Like, did you get there at kind of the beginning of the wave before it was clear that there was an overabundance? No, I got them like when Frozen stuff after Frozen 2 and kind of, you know, it was dying out. So I got them really cheap on clearance, and I was able to flip them for a tiny profit. But I thought they would be much bigger, you know, given the the good price I got them on them. But, you know, like I said, Disney overproduces everything these days, merchandise-wise, if you've noticed as we're in the middle of the Disney 100 celebration. And, you know, everything is a merchandise opportunity for Disney. So there's more and more merchandise. So be careful if you're trying to resell stuff. Not that Disney stuff can't be good. I've done well on some Disney stuff, but you really never know how much they're producing. And Disney is well known in the toys to way overproduce their stuff. And you just get a ton of it. So even though you think, oh, I got this great brand and there's a ton of people that like it, you know, there's probably 8 million different varieties of those dresses or something like that. And so that makes it a bit tougher. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I try to avoid Disney a lot as far as that sort of stuff, unless it's a very, very limited run. Sometimes they do limited edition things, but for the most part, mass produced Disney is not usually great for reselling. Yes. I will also say that, especially with Disney toys, I've found that they're not super high quality. Like I had a lot of issues with various wands, monorails, toy cars that I've purchased. Uh, So always save your receipts. If you are taking that once in a lifetime Disney vacation and you buy some merchandise, save your receipts. Because at the very least, if it breaks when you're at home, I have emailed them and they've given me either like a gift card or they've sent me like an exchange. um, Because more often than not, we have been disappointed by the stuff. Yet we still keep buying it. I, that would be, you know, the definition of insanity, but just a buyer beware there. Yeah. I had a cocoa sweatshirt I bought last year off Disney's website. They also sell it in the parks and it got a hole within two washes and it's like my favorite sweatshirt and I didn't wear it very often. So it was like past the return time. By the time that happened, I probably should have written to them and I didn't. 
uh, anyway, uh, enough Disney here. The woe is us. Like you said, we're dumb fans, so we're going to keep buying stuff. Uh, but thankfully, I don't have that sort of collector mentality as far as that goes. I think the reselling has helped me with that. And I wonder other people who out there who listen to the show who resell, if that's helped them kind of, I don't know, like I feel like in my little mini way, I have a collection of toys, but then I end up selling them eventually. And I never have to sort of buy stuff for myself. It's very rare I buy anything that like that way for, for myself. But my daughter, of course, lives in a toy store. She can go in her garage and pick out anything. And we've done that for like birthdays and stuff where she can just go in and pick out a toy from our entire collection, which is, it's a little scary because you want to kind of steer her away from the more expensive stuff because we have some expensive stuff. So it's like, oh, that's off limits. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting life that she lives. Good so, stuff. That's the, the uh, benefit of having a toy reseller for a dad. Yeah, very niche thing here. So uh, like I said, we're going to talk about Costa Rica. I've been in Costa Rica the last few days. This is the trip I kind of talked about for the last couple months that I've been you know, trying to avoid. And, but I'll save that for the end of the show. I think it's fun to talk about it. You know, we didn't probably do as much as some other people did. And, you know, the weather hasn't been the greatest, but it's been better in some areas. So we'll talk about the hotel, everything else a little bit later. I did want to talk about Acapulco for just a minute. And for people who don't know, and it does seem strange, Joe, here I am in Costa Rica. And in the Spanish media, the hurricane in Acapulco uh, is getting a lot of coverage and a lot of attention, which is something that's really needed. For people who don't know, a tropical storm, Tropical Storm Otis, in the Pacific turned into a Category 5 hurricane within less than 24 hours. This is not something we've ever really seen before, or it's very rare anyway. Uh, Some people are blaming climate change. I don't know why it happened, but it didn't give people time to really prepare for the storm. Like, you know, we've seen in the media coverage in the U.S. I remember we almost had a hurricane that, you know, hit the West Coast of the U.S. earlier this year. And it was weeks and weeks of like talk about it, preparation, watching it. Uh, But with Otis, that didn't happen. And then it smacked right into the heart of Acapulco and essentially destroyed the whole city. And, you know, my wife is from Acapulco. She grew up in Acapulco. And so it's been a kind of a crazy time as we've been here. I'm trying to track down family members. We didn't even find out till today. This is three days ago that this happened, uh, that her dad was okay. He's in a refugee camp. His house was completely destroyed. Uh, her sister, her nephew also live with him. Uh, it took two days. Yesterday was the first time we found out that her mom and her grandmother, who live in a town about 30 minutes from Acapulco, were okay because everything was cut off. The internet was cut off. Phones were cut off. Um, there's very little food and water. There's not a ton of supplies coming in from the Mexican government, although they're getting better. Uh, it's really sad to see. I don't know if you've seen the videos. It, what's crazy, Joe, is because the media in the U.S. isn't covering it because of other events going on in the world, I get a, I'm getting messages even today, people finding out about this. It's crazy that a Category 5 hurricane hits such a major city, so much devastation, 160 mile per hour winds, and you know nobody's talking about it over there in the U.S. But, uh, you know, heart goes out to all those people. I'm very grateful that our family members are okay. A lot of destruction around. Obviously, like I said, her dad's house was destroyed. But thankfully, everybody's alive and safe. And I'm glad for that and really sorry for everybody. I mean, this is going to be a huge rebuilding for the city of Acapulco which has been under tremendous pressure for the last few years because of cartel violence and a decline in tourism. And now 80% of the hotels, Joe, in Acapulco were pretty much destroyed. So the entire tourism industry will be uh, basically destroyed. And that's the main industry in this city. So a lot going on there in Acapulco and just wishing everybody the best and hope that people can help uh, support you know, efforts there if they feel like you know, that's a thing that they want to do because it's a, it's a sad time down there in Mexico. Yeah, it's definitely scary stuff and also criminally underreported, like you said. I didn't see a ton about it. I did see the kind of 
video thing that like showed the hurricane developing like the whole developing a 24-hour thing and you know normally we track these hurricanes like weeks out right like you start starting to worry you know they i think they call it like invest 91 or some there's some you know names for it um you know i've tracked hurricanes going to florida before just because i was worried they're gonna hit when i was there and you know they take time to develop and so the fact that this kind of hit out of nowhere people weren't going to be prepared it's just really sad and i'm glad to hear that your family is okay Um, but i'm sure like you said there's going to be a lot of pressure on the region going forward yeah one of the things that governments do when you're going to have a big storm or a big disaster and you can kind of predict it is they move supplies in and things in to be prepared for right after and of course none of that was allowed to happen so acapulco is sort of isolated it's about four four and a half hours from mexico city uh, but there's a big mountain range in between them if you don't know sort of the geography of mexico mexico's entire central region is just very mountainous Uh, that's what's made it very difficult for the government of mexico to govern over the years but uh, acapulco sort of cut off uh, in certain ways so it's been difficult to get supplies there it's getting better all the stores were looted everything was sort of destroyed on day one so because people don't have food they don't have water. Um, The government does seem like they're responding and trying to help people. So I have hopes on that. I mean, it's been looming large and I've just been trying to keep Jasmine positive the last couple days as we've been here because there's not much we could do. But thankfully, we finally got the news. The only thing I could say is that the death toll, which one death is too many, but it wasn't very high. So it seems like uh, despite the catastrophic damage, if you haven't seen videos of what it looks like, it's insane uh, what happened in Acapulco, especially if you ever know what Acapulco Bay looks like with all the hotels. And, you know, Acapulco was like the Cancun in the 60s and 70s. It's where all the movie stars went. Of course, my favorite show, Love Boat. Joe, they used to dock there. A lot of cruises used to dock there back in the day. They don't go there anymore. But or for most of them don't go there anymore. But it was the place to go in Mexico back in the 60s, 70s, even into the 80s. And, you know, very iconic properties. Just those buildings are all just gutted. It's it's really insane to see the entire sort of tourist area of Acapulco, not to mention all of the other areas, the housing and everything else. So I figured I would talk about it since the news doesn't seem to want to talk about it. And, you know, pray for Acapulco, all the people. Uh, I'm glad to see the Mexican government's finally able to start helping people. And there's a long rebuilding process ahead there because a lot of people, you know, you think in the U.S. we have houses made of, you know, wood, but really well-built houses. A lot of times houses in places like that, especially as you get further out of the city into the poorer areas, they're not really houses in the way we would see in the U.S., right? And a lot of people who listen to this have traveled outside the U.S., understand what that is. But uh, those buildings don't hold up so well. And these types of things. And that's why a lot of these people, including my wife's dad, lost her her house from the wind. So that's all we have to talk about that. I just wanted to put it out there. Good vibes for Acapulco, an incredible city, beautiful city. And maybe this will rebuild the tourism infrastructure so it can shine once again in the 21st century. Let's talk about some miles and points stuff before we talk about Costa Rica, because some stuff did happen this week. And I thought it was worth, you know, discussing a few things, including Southwest launching increased offers on their cards. Now, the offers that they're offering, and this has been something they've done, you know, the last couple of years, they pretty much offer the same public offer across their three different main cards. And the difference between the cards being that, you know, you have different benefits and features, but usually the welcome offer is the same. And right now the welcome offer is 75,000 bonus points after 3K spend in the first three months. Is that the best offer we've ever seen? No. But the reason I'm talking about it and the reason I think it's worth considering is the date. 
because it's October, the end of October, meaning that if you sign up for one of these cards today, you can get all of those points if you time it right to hitch in the next year, and then you can get a nice head start on getting the companion pass for two years. So this is why you might want to consider it. This is that key time of year. And we talked about that great Southwest business offer that ended last month uh, that a lot of people got. But this is that key time of year. If you want that companion pass, Joe, this is how you do it to get the two years because God forbid you got anything less than two years for this companion pass. Yes, yes. God forbid indeed. I mean, this is a pretty good deal. I I don't think this is like the best Southwest card as a card on its own you know i feel like with the extra annual fee you don't really get that much that is worth it i think you know the cheaper ones typically better but 75k is nothing to scoff at and so if you are going for that companion pass you have q4 spending or whatever it looks pretty good and then like we said you know they have improved a list a little bit so you know if you're going to put all your chips into the Southwest basket, like we talked about last week, um, you know, you're going to come out a little bit ahead. So it's always exciting to see these higher bonuses, especially around this time when it uh, matches up with companion pass potential. So, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you love to see it. Yeah. And the plus card, the premier card and the priority card all have this offer. And like I said, the only difference is some of the perks with card with fees ranging 69 to 149. So, you know, look at which perks make sense. Some people might just want to do the lowest cost offer. Some people might want to move up to the premier card, which has that $99 annual fee, but gives you more tier qualifying points and companion pass qualifying points, stuff like that. So we have an article, we'll put a link in the show notes, but you know, this is a, a deal. I, it's funny, Joe, because Miles to Memory is about to turn 10 years old. And the Southwest Companion Pass is one of those deals that was around back then, right? It's still around today. Obviously, back then it was 100,000 points, I believe, to get the Companion Pass in a year. And then it went up to, what, 110, and now it's going up to 135, uh, or it is 135. So uh, it's definitely changed a little bit, but everybody always predicted this is the deal that has to end. This is the deal. It can't, Southwest can't keep doing this. And the thing is that Southwest has figured out that this makes them a lot of money. It brings people to book with them. It fills seats and they figured it out. So it's a deal that keeps going and one that's been going on for, you know, well over a decade and I don't see ending soon. So this is one of those, it's cool. One of those deals that everybody said, oh, this is going to end. This is going to die. This can never last. And it's lasted. Once this ends next week, Sean, or, you know, in a week or two, it's going to be your fault for jinxing it. Bloggers killing deals once again. Well, I'm just glad that there's one deal that lasted the 10 years that I've been doing this site. I have to look at the exact date, but I believe in November sometime is when I switched family around the world two miles to memories in 2013. So that would be 10 years ago. So we're coming up on the anniversary. Maybe we'll do a 10-year anniversary show or something in the next few weeks. I got to figure out the date. It's sad that I don't know the exact date, but at least I know the months in the year. So I just, guess that's just, good. Yeah, just like wedding anniversaries, Sean. Great job. Great job. Yeah, just put me on the spot for any number related. Now, if it's credit cards, usually I can come up with it. But if it's something you know related to my life, then it's uh, it's difficult. Uh, but yeah, it's mind blowing to think that it's been ten years. So more credit card related news, really quick, because Chase. Now, Joe, I don't know if you go into Chase, but if you go in, you log into your account, and you go to the, kind of the left tab. There's a thing that says just for you, and these are targeted offers. These are the way that Chase kind of targets customers for increased offers. They generally, if they target you there, it's generally, I think, easier to get approved. That's not guaranteed. That's not published anywhere. But just based on anecdotal evidence, it is. And right now, they're offering some crazy bonuses on some of the Ink cards. The Ink Business Premier, $1,500 bonus cash after 10 k spend. 
Just remember that $1,500 is actually 150,000 ultimate rewards points. And also on the Business Unlimited, $1,200 after 6K spend in the first three months, 120,000 ultimate rewards on that. So I, I'm not targeted for these. I'm sad because these are incredible bonuses. I mean, you know, you can't argue with that level of ultimate rewards, especially given the value. I mean, for example, my four night stay here in Costa Rica, 68,000 Hyatt points. Uh, well, I guess it would be 82,000 now because it did go up, but you know, a lot of value with Hyatt and the other transfer partners. If you can get 150K, 120K in one signup bonus. I stopped checking just for you because it was always disappointing. Saw that you put this on the agenda, checked just for you, and was once again disappointed. I think I'm under 524 right now too, so I was excited for a little bit. But yeah, these are these are great offers. And you know, even if it's not even if even if only five of you have these offers, I mean I think you should definitely check them out if you're under 524. Um they're great cards. It's great that the ultimate rewards, uh, you know, you get the cash back as ultimate rewards so that you can be more flexible with them. I always, I always forget there was that one ink card that like did not earn the cashback as ultimate rewards, but you know, for these cards, them being ultimate rewards, that's pretty great. I just I can't remember which ink card that was, but you know, I always avoided that one. Yeah, they did away with that really quickly, and you know, realized that I think people don't like that. And I, I'm really surprised that they don't market it more like that. Why they market it just as 1500 cashback? Why not say? 1500 cashback or 150,000 ultimate rewards. I don't know. That sounds better to me, but maybe the average business owner out there doesn't, you know, they just want the cash, right? And they don't think about the points, but, or maybe they're just trying to steer people away from redeeming the points at a higher value. They just want everybody to cash in their points at one cent. That's probably what it is. But I feel like 150K as a sign up is a more enticing sort of headline than 1500 but either way amazing you know deal for these cards so i make sure to check that and you know periodically when i every time i log in i kind of go over there and as you say joe i always disappointed as well but i hope a lot of people listening get these offers i think they also come with a zero apr and some other kind of cool stuff that might be a benefit this time of year we talked about zero percent apr offers on previous shows so uh, and why you might want to do that for float especially if you're doing a lot of buyers groups or reselling or something and you're buying a lot of product before you're able to get reimbursed this sort of helps uh, with the float if you have a zero percent apr card so that could also be a reason to get one of those right now so uh, yeah hit me up on twitter at miles to memories let me know if you got targeted if you got a chase likes you better than they like me and joe yeah definitely brag about that Moving on, you know, Sean, a couple months ago, we kind of like randomly talked about vacation rentals and we had brought up that you could book vacation rentals with Wyndham and, but we weren't sure how or whatever. A bunch of people wrote in or messaged us or told us that we were idiots for not knowing. So we have since educated ourselves. I think we may have talked about it, but in case you don't remember, Wyndham has a partnership with Vacasa, and it was a pretty like straightforward redemption. It was 15,000 points per bedroom. So if you booked a studio or a one-bedroom apartment on Vacasa, it would be 15,000 Wyndham points to redeem. If you booked like a three-bedroom, it would be 45,000. Great value. Also great in its simplicity to be able to get rental homes, Airbnb type things. You know, I mean, the debate rages on about, you know, whether Airbnb is really all that or not. But, you know, having this points redemption option was pretty awesome. Of course, 
Sean, once again, see, this is why you can't say that the companion pass is going to last forever because we learned about it. You know, we finally we finally educated ourselves. Yep. We were we were so dumb, and we educated ourselves about how these Wyndham Vacasa redemptions work, and then all of a sudden, it got devalued. Yeah, it's our fault. It's the MTM podcast devaluation because you know we brought bad luck and bad mojo to this deal. So yeah, it does suck because what your maximum redemption now is three hundred fifty dollars instead of five hundred dollars. This isn't published anywhere, I don't think, but this is just what people know from the system. And so what does that bring your point valuation? You could have potentially, if you maxed out a $500 one-bedroom Vacasa, 3.7 cents per Wyndham point, which is an amazing value. Now the most you can get is 2.6 cents, which is still an amazing value. But I imagine a lot of the properties that were the best ones are now gone because you can't do it. So uh, we're too late to the party, Joe. Yeah, definitely. And I always wish that it was like one of those situations where you could like pay extra or there was you know, a way to get those better properties because it sucks when you're like totally limited and you can't even like pay extra points to get those nicer properties because, you know, I mean, 350 is a lot of money, but at the same time, especially with some of these rental homes, you might not be getting like the best living accommodations and things like that. So going up to $500, even outside of the, because honestly, like I, I think, 2.6 2.6 cents per point for window points, like that's fine. That's that's totally great and stuff like that. The problem is that it's capped. You know, it's capped what you can redeem. Um, because if you could do 2.6 cents per point for a $500 redemption, you know, like the math, whatever the number comes out to, it still probably would feel worth it for your window points. Since you know who 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 gets window points for anything besides this? Oh, don't write hate, hate mail again. Yeah, we're just walking into the fire here, but it's, uh, you know, it sucks, right? And you point out this is a weird devaluation because you're getting less cents per point, but you're also losing access to things that you had before. And I do think that they could have, yeah, come up with a way to continue to have access to those more expensive properties or even open it up to even more expensive properties. Like you said, you know, have some sort of add-on where you could even go above $500 if you wanted to spend the point. So maybe Wyndham will listen and you know, if they want their points to be worth 2.6 cents on Vacasa, then I guess that's what it's going to be. But let us get fancy one bedroom places or castles or whatever, you know. I wonder what the biggest bedroom. I know there's people that have rented castles through Vacasa and other things, but I wonder what the most bedrooms you can get is, you know, and if it's worth it. You know, 10 bedroom mansion, 150K a night. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just rambling here about it. You and I need to really still get Wyndham points. Neither one of us have very many, I don't think. Yeah, no, I'm good. You know, I'll I'll, re- I'll, re- I'll remain ignorant. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, please, please, please make my bed every day. You know, I I, I still just can't get into the whole vacation rental thing. I just, like the, it's like the whole reason why I go. No, not, not, not the whole reason, but one of the things I love most about going on vacation is, you know, we talk about laundry a lot this past year. I still have to do the laundry when I'm on vacation, but you know, not doing a lot of that other stuff is pretty great. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think they serve a purpose in the right way, but I prefer hotels. I like hotels. And, you know, if I wasn't in a position where I could get hotels for free most of the time, maybe I would do that. And, you know, there have been times where I have been in a hotel and said, well, it would have been nice for this particular trip in this particular place to have a kitchen, to have that sort of setup, to have more of a, you know, a homey feel. But, you know, I think there's two types of people, home, 
hotel people and then Airbnb, you know, vacation rental type people uh, that want that more homey experience. And there's nothing wrong with it, but I guess neither one of us fall in that camp. All right. So last news story before we get to the Andaz, uh, your favorite airline revamped their loyalty program. I definitely don't care about this, but someone must. So what happened? Well, why are you going to trash Frontier? I wonder how many people out there, when you said favorite airline, knew that it was Frontier. What percentage Everyone. of the audience? Yeah, you think 100% of the audience knew, no, knew no, exactly? Someone, someone might be listening to this for the first time. I mean, they might have turned it off by now, but this well, might be the first episode for someone, so 90%. Well, if that's the case, then just understand that Frontier is not my favorite airline, but Frontier has had amazing deals over the last few years with status matches, including one that's going on now, and we have an article on the site about the status match. Uh, where you're able to get what used to be 100K status, which is now diamond status. But basically what Frontier did is that they kind of reshuffled their whole program or they added a tier, a silver tier, which is at like 10K qualifying miles. And then they renamed all their other tiers, which were like 20K elite, 50K elite, 100K elite. Now they're gold, platinum, diamond. So very original, right? They're going with the silver, gold, platinum, diamond. We've never seen that anywhere in the airline or hotel space ever before. I actually like the fact that they had unique names. So they've kind of like made themselves more generic in that way. Uh, But they did add a lot of benefits too. But the big thing, Joe, before I go into the benefits is they went revenue based. So they used to actually pay miles based on the, you know, based on the flight distance, right? Just like every airline program used to. And then just like pretty much every other airline program over the last few years, they are revenue based. So your miles earned will be based on the price of the ticket, which as you know, Joe, is often very low because their base price of the ticket is very low, but then you have all these fees for add-ons, which you're not earning the miles on, or you are on certain spend and certain not, you are in different ways. But I don't know, it's a positive, I think. They added some more benefits to their lower tiers. We have an article to go through that. The diamond, which would be the one that I think is the only status worth getting, that's the former 100K elite, that comes with the free sort of works package, all the perks that you would normally get you know, nickel and dime to death on. You get that for you and up to eight people on your PNR. You get their discount end membership for free, meaning you're getting cheaper tickets than the public. Uh, and they added the ability to gift gold status uh, to somebody else. So you can not only get that for yourself, but give somebody else gold status, which when they're flying by themselves, gives them free bags, seats, stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, like I said, you can status match if you have status with an airline to Frontier Diamond through next year or so. And that's what I've done. I've talked about it on the show before. You can go back, what, a month or two ago and look for those shows. And I talked about doing the match. But yeah, Joe, I mean, it's good. It's good other than, you know, they devalued how you earn miles. But I have like a ton of Frontier miles, like 35,000 of them. And I've never redeemed them because usually with my status and everything, I'm getting cheap flights. And, you know, like my value per point would be like one tenth of one cent most of the time when I'm redeeming. So I'm like, you know, it's like 10,000 miles or $20 to fly. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just pay the $20. But then if I never redeem the points, are they worth anything ever? I don't know. Maybe one day I'll find that perfect frontier redemption. Yes. The ultimate conundrum when you're trying to like min-max everything, um, it's going to get you totally stuck. I think, you know, just, just, just stay away, Sean, just, just for your own good. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't need, you don't need to, you don't need it to be your favorite airline. Okay. We know deep down it is, but just, just get a clean break. But yeah, I mean, revenue based. I'm actually, I'm like more shocked that it wasn't revenue based before than I am by like any of these changes, honestly. And to be clear for the record, everybody who knows, listens to this show knows that Cathay Pacific is my favorite airline. So we don't need to, you know, mix words about that. 
flew them earlier this year, and it was Do in they premium know that? economy. <laughs> Do they I've talked that? about it before. It feels like going home, flying on a Cathay Pacific plane, flew them in premium economy this summer, and even though it wasn't business class or first class up front, it still felt like home. I love that airline, and it means I'm either going to or coming from Hong Kong, which is another thing I love. And, you know, I know that baffles people, baffles me too, but Cathay Pacific, I don't know if I'll ever get to fly their first class again with the way things are going, because they're not releasing a ton of space, but maybe one day I'll get to do that again. But I do love that airline more than Frontier. But Frontier, sure, why not? Second place. Not bad compared to, you know, yeah. the others. Silver medal. Deserves it. Deserves <laughs> it. All right. So Andas Costa Rica. So this Andas opened, what, I think six or seven years ago, I want to say. You know, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was quite a few years ago. And I remember it opening, and I think it was a Category 4 property when it opened, so it was 15,000 points a night. And, you know, it just looked like an incredible value. And every time I went to look to do a trip, it was just difficult because it's you fly into Liberia, Costa Rica, which is the, you know, it's not a huge airport. There's not a ton of flights from the U.S. You From Vegas, I can't get there directly. I have to connect. The connecting times aren't always good. So it took us like nine hours to get here, which, you know, is not like the end of the world, but that's a lot of flying a whole day basically of flying to get here, whole day of flying to get back. And, you know, we only had five days for the whole trip. So that gave us basically three days to do it. Although we did do that head start with that, with that red eye, that fake red eye out of Vegas to Houston. And I call it a fake red eye, Joe. I don't know if, what, if you have a name for these, but this is leaving Las Vegas at 12.30 a.m., landing in Houston at basically before 6 a.m., so 4 a.m. Vegas time. So it's not even long enough to be a red eye. It's just like basically staying up all night and not getting any sleep. Yeah, I think we mentioned this last week about how you were going to like have not great flight. I mean, I also, I it feels painful just to think about it because you're on such a short trip. You know, it's it's like one thing to like red eye to Asia or Europe or whatever. And, you know, you're going to be there for a week or a couple weeks. But, you know, when you're going to only be there for like two or three days. And then we talked last week about how like the time zone is not that different either. So it's just like you pulled close to an all-nighter and are just, you know, living your life like normal, except for you're just in a different country. And that's actually the good part of this, that through all this, so I want to say we flew United. I stupidly did the United status match, or maybe it wasn't stupid. I don't know. Just to get us better seats and all that crap so and all that stuff. So uh, everything went great with United. That's all I got to say. Their app is so much better than American's app. Technology went great. No delays. I went through Houston, left security, went on the old Disney people mover. If people don't know, Disney actually built a people mover, just like you have in Florida. Same technology as in Walt Disney World in the basement of Houston Bush Intercontinental Airport. Uh, and it's the only people mover built by Disney outside of the parks. And as a Disney nerd, this is my second time visiting it. And I made my wife and daughter do that. And uh, yeah, it was good fun doing that. But everything was on time. Everything was great. Got to use the priority pass for, they have two restaurants that are priority pass in Houston. So Landry's was one of them, had a good breakfast. But the time zone thing, Joe, I think is the thing, because when we got here, we were tired and all that, but we're not adjusting to different time zones or, you know, we're basically an hour ahead of home. So I don't feel like we were as exhausted as we would have been. Sure, that first day we were tired, but we were able to go to sleep at a normal time, kind of stay on our schedule. So I think that made all the difference in the world. But, you know, United grade, everything went good. Hopefully, uh, knock on wood, everything will go good uh, flying back tomorrow. But before my arrival... So some background on my Andaz Costa Rica 
Andas Papagayo booking, it used to be a Category 5, and then last year, or during this last change, I think it went up to Category 6. I booked it when it was still a Category 5, not knowing if I was going to take it or not. It was low season, so it was 17,000 points a night. So like I said earlier in the show, 68,000 points for the four nights. I applied a tier suite upgrade, so that's a globalist upgrade certificate to guarantee us into a suite. Now, I'm going to start with the only problem I've had with this property, because I do have a lot of nice things to say. But I emailed them about two months before the trip. Um, and like I said, I wasn't sure if we we're going to take the trip or not. So to be completely honest, but, you know, I emailed them to say, you know, this is what's going on. What are the benefits there? And I went back and forth with them and they had said, we're going to get you, you know, the best located suite on property that we have. And uh, also told them that it were, this trip was basically to celebrate my wife's birthday, which was just, you know, about a month ago. And they basically ignored all of that. They responded to me two months ago saying, yes, we're going to do all this. And then we got here and none of that was accounted for. We were in the furthest room from the pool. In fact, we're right by the adult pool, but the kid's pool is a good, you know, 15 minute walk from here, uh, or you have to take golf carts everywhere. It was just a little bit of a letdown because they said they were going to do something. They didn't do it. I did express concern about that. They didn't have any other rooms because they didn't do any planning to make sure that families were near the family pool. It just was sort of a, a letdown there. I did express concern about that. Uh, they were nice in the way they responded. They bought us dinner for one night, which was really nice of them. But, uh, you know, I would rather not have dinner and just have you do what you say as a hotel. So I'm going to say that that little service thing was a mistake, but the service really has been incredible. So I want to largely say that we've overcome that and there's really no issue with that management did their best they couldn't move us at some point you just got to let stuff go and not be upset about it and so that's what we did i didn't even ask them for anything i really just asked to be moved to another room based on my previous discussions they said they didn't have them available and proactively offered the dinner i accepted nothing else happened no other big complaints so let's get that out of the way we're in a suite it's i think about 1100 square foot suite and this is the standard suite the onda suite here at the property. They're on the ends of the buildings, so you don't actually have bay views here of this. And the property sits on like a peninsula called the Papagayo Peninsula, which sort of sticks out, but you're basically sitting in the middle of the rainforest, which is sort of incredible, uh, different than your typical sort of beach resort. And our room sits on the end, so there's like corner windows and everything, and you're basically like right in the middle of the jungle or the rainforest, which is really neat. There's monkeys at the property. So that's sort of the vibe here. You're going to a resorty type place, but in the middle of the Costa Rican rainforest, which I think is a pretty cool aspect, and I like that. So is is it like in an area where if the weather was nice, you could do walks into the rainforest and like wander around, or is it like, you know, it's it's in there, but you kind of need a car or need to like be transported? to get somewhere like i know you haven't had the best weather so i'm assuming you haven't done like a lot of exploring but if the weather was nice you know could you just like be there and then just kind of like go out into nature from the resort and then come back without a car without a car it would be tough so there's the papagayo peninsula this basically resort area has four seasons it has the andas it has you know private houses it has golf courses stuff like that it is accessible by electric bikes that they have here, so you can do that. They have shuttles around the whole peninsula, so you can see different parts. They have a nature preserve. We were going to do that today. Unfortunately, today was like the worst rain day. The last two days were actually pretty good. It was cloudy and stuff, but we were able to swim in the ocean. We snorkeled, so we were able to do some stuff. It was hard when we were going into this trip because I couldn't decide whether we should rent a car and then try to do a bunch of activities, but 
looking at the weather forecast, it didn't seem, it seemed like we were going to get rain consistently and we were pretty tired. We've been working Q4, right, Joe? So there's just a lot going on. So we're like, yeah, let's just enjoy the resort. So I booked a shuttle and didn't book a car um, because it was cheaper to do that. And because I knew that I didn't want to have the hassle of having to deal with the car and all that. Uh, so we did that. Now, if you do rent a car in Costa Rica, just based on my research, um, you know, you can, you have to buy liability insurance, but some rental companies like Sixth I saw had the best deal. They included the liability insurance. But you don't get the insurance that covers the car. But if you have a credit card like the Sapphire Reserve or another card that covers it as primary, what you'll want to do is get a letter from the credit card company saying that it's covered in Costa Rica. And then you don't have to buy the extra insurance. So that's how you sort of do it. What I saw was it's about $35, $40 a day all in, including that liability insurance, which isn't bad. So I would have done it had the weather been better. But just outside of here, and you can book tours through here, there are zip lines everywhere. There's tours to volcanoes, and there is so much ecotourism in this area that it's pretty amazing. And the hotel itself has a couple beaches right on property, and they include kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, and snorkeling gear for free, or it's kind of part of the resort fee. But if you're globalist, you're not paying the resort fee. And then they also have another beach that's part of the Papagayo Peninsula that's about a five-minute boat ride. So you get to take a nice boat ride out on the bay to get to the other beach. You can snorkel there too and all of that. And then, like I said, shuttles all around to the other places. So you can kind of contain yourself here, see monkeys, see all that rainforesty stuff within this peninsula. But if you go out, all the stuff that Costa Rica is known for isn't far away. And based on just what we've seen so far, I want to plan a trip in you know a year or two to do like a week here, maybe 10 days and add on Panama because I would like my family to see the Panama Canal and do San Jose and then kind of do a road trip through Costa Rica, maybe ending here as like a resort at the end. So that's sort of my plan on doing that. But I, yeah, it's like one of the... Joe, have you ever stayed at like a quote unquote golf cart resort? I, I don't think so. I, I've stayed at some pretty expansive resorts, but none that require a golf cart. Did you do you get a golf cart or is it just like a lot of walking? Yeah, so this is really built like on the cliffside. So it's a very steep property and there's different levels to it uh, with the buildings. And it, I think there's only like less than 200 rooms here or around 200 rooms yet it's an expansive property. And so walking is gonna involve lots of uphills and downhills, uphills again. To get to the beach, you're going down a long way and back up a long way. So there's just a lot of walking in that way. So there's golf carts all around that will take you if you wanna go from place to place uh, because it is pretty spread out. And you know, I don't care how much you wanna walk, especially if it's raining and stuff, you will need to utilize golf carts. So that's something to keep in mind. But it, walkability, if you're in okay shape, it's perfectly fine to walk around the property, but just know that every place you walk, you're gonna be going up and then down, down and then eventually back up. It's very, very hilly, it's very, very steep, but it has several pools, they're all infinity edge pools and they overlook kind of the canopy of the rainforest with the bay in the background. Uh, and then like I said, the beaches are pretty decent. We didn't see a ton of snorkeling, but you know, the weather hasn't been great for that sort of stuff, so it drove kind of the fish away. Uh, but yeah, overall, the service here, you know, I wanted to start with the bad thing, because sometimes hotels let you down and you know you kind of address it and you move on. Service here has really been tremendous, maybe a step above what you would expect from the Andaz brand. Everybody introduces your, themselves by name. You know, there's that pura vida, which is sort of the, the saying in Costa Rica, it's, you know, to live your full life or whatever that means. God, I forgot what the exact translation is. That's terrible. Good stuff, good stuff. Pure life, pure Jasmine life. Would, yeah. Jasmine would be just- No, I said it, I said good life, it's pure life. It's, that's the exact. You have the pure, pura vida. I feel like you could figure pura that vida. out. Yeah. You have the pura but, uh, vida. Yeah, yeah. Pure life. But it basically means good life, like I said earlier. 
you know, just living your best life, being happy, enjoying your life, being out there. That's sort of their spirit here in Costa Rica. And, you know, this is our, this, I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't kept up on my country count. I have a spreadsheet where once in a while I go in there, but I hadn't paid attention. So I went back in there and kind of updated it. This is my 71st UN country. Uh, this is Jasmine's 60th and Ellie's 25th, which is kind of a big thing. So that was fun to kind of check off another country, even though I don't know what the ultimate goal is. I don't really care at this point. I'm not really trying to win a goal. I'm never going to go to every country in the world. But 71 countries is pretty amazing for a poor kid who is on his own at 15. And I'm just grateful for that. That's what I want. The only reason I'm saying the number, because, you know, in talking to Jasmine in the 60 countries that she's been to with me, we've been to together. Uh, what an incredible uh, journey it's been just traveling all these years. And I just want to say the Costa Rican people love it, love the culture here. The, the food at the hotel is sort of hit or miss. I would say it's healthier. So if you're not into healthier food, then you may not like this. If you're into like that American, I mean, they do have burgers and fries, but it's a lot of like healthier kind of elevated food. The breakfast buffet, I will say, is sort of the biggest disappointment on the food. It's just very basic, like you would find at a Hyatt Regency, maybe not what you would expect from an Andaz resort. If you've ever been to the Andaz in Maui or even the one in Mexico, like Mayacoba, those are the two other kind of big Andaz resorts I've been to that I'm kind of comparing this to. But in other, every other way this measures up, as a category six, I think it sort of slots right in there. I think it's worth that. I do think it's worth 25,000 points a night. As a Category 5, with low season, 17,000 points a night, this was a great deal. I wish I had come when it was Category 4, but yeah, I highly recommend this property. I think it's a great one. Love the Andaz brand. You get the free mini bar, too, which, you know, you get a couple sodas every day, no alcohol or anything, some local snacks. Just super friendly with everything that they do. Uh, we ordered room service tonight. Uh, because we didn't want to go to any of the restaurants and it's raining. And just one room service hack for people who are at resorts where you're sort of trapped, because you are trapped here unless you have a car. It's not at restaurants around. You're going to be eating at the resort, which the food can get expensive. Not bad if you have globalist status. Like we just eat breakfast a little bit later and then we just eat dinner and it's all good. We pay for one meal. But, you know, you can order, if you order room service, you can order kids meals if you're not that hungry because they don't know who's ordering. If you're at a restaurant, an adult cannot order a kid's meal. So uh, we've done each of the restaurants, good stuff happy with this resort. And I recommend it. I think that I would really struggle to come here again for four days, given the amount of travel time. Like I said, I want to do a longer trip. But if you were in a place where you have a direct flight to Liberia and you know, you're deciding, okay, am I going to go to Hawaii? Am I going to go? I think this is an interesting place to try. I mean, there's a lot of wildlife. It's a different environment. The rainforest is beautiful. And, you know, there's a lot of mosquitoes and bugs that are going to bite you too, Joe, and that's always fun. Uh, but, yeah, you really are in the rainforest, so be prepared for that as well. If you're not a big bug person, that can be something to consider too. Uh, you had me until the mosquitoes. My kids, like, I think they're, like, allergic. They they get, like, bigger welts than I do. It's uh, pretty annoying. But, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. It sucks that the weather's no good, but the fact that you're enjoying yourself and – it makes you want to come back when the weather's nice. Like, cause like everything you describe, it's like, it feels like you really want to have better weather to truly enjoy it. I, I think that just speaks for itself. And it does, you know, maybe the, maybe that's why people have been talking about this property so much, Sean, you finally gone to see it for yourself. So, or for the first time again, and like, what, what was it? You said you were there like seven years ago or something like that. No, I think it was built seven years ago. No, I wasn't here, but this is my first time in Costa Rica, well, man. Brother That's why I got the 71. Brother yeah, my brother, my yeah. brother's come along. He does a, he has a, like an executive meetup here and they actually 
sponsor a local town here and they have helped build like schools and stuff for the local people here, which is amazing. Uh, so the, yeah, he's loved the property and you know, he is very sort of, I don't know how to describe him, but he's very particular in the types of properties. He likes really nice properties. Four Seasons is his favorite brand. Maybe I should say that. That'll kind of describe who he is. But he loves this property and has always talked it up. And, you know, I, like I said, it started a little weird, a little bit frustrating, I guess, but not, not the end of the world with what happened. I'm not trying to describe what happened as anything crazy, but man, everything since then has been great. And as I sit here on my last night thinking about it, I don't regret coming here. The weather was good enough the first two days where we were able to do some outdoor stuff and get to the other beach and take the boat ride and all that. The real problem with this time of year is it rains every day. And so that's the forecast. And like we had two days of okay weather, but it's hard to plan a tour, say, okay, I want to go on a tour tomorrow because the weather is going to be good because the forecast just says rain and then it may not rain till three in the afternoon. So you could have done it and I don't know. But again, I don't regret it. We needed to just sit at the resort. We needed this to be out in nature, to just be relaxing. One other thing, Joe, is they have a kids club here and it's free during the day, which is something that's very rare at hotels. You see this on cruise ships. Yeah, all the time. But hotels sometimes have kids clubs, but often they charge for them. So they have like a four hour morning session, a four hour afternoon session. And then they have a four hour evening session, 6 to 10 p.m., which is the only part that you pay for. It's $40 for four hours, which I don't think is bad at a resort like this. That also includes their dinner, which would be like 10 bucks at one of the restaurants. So for like 30 bucks, they do it. And they're like incredible at the kids club. Like they, one time we picked her up and her nails were all painted. Last night when we picked her up from the evening session, her whole face was like painted like a tiger. Like, I don't know how to describe this, but I don't know if you've seen those really in-depth sort of makeup tutorials on YouTube. That's how it looked. I don't, I mean, impressive skills for a kids club counselor. So yeah, I think we all had fun in our little areas and uh, yeah, I recommend this property. Go spend the points to get here. It's something different than you're going to get in other resorts in beachy, beachy, beachy areas. Good to hear. And good segue. I think it's time for you to go pick her up from the club. So, you know, we should close. Yeah, she's, in, she's in the bedroom. I was going to kick him out. I, Joe said like, or, you know, what's going to happen when we record? And I said, ah, it's not the first time I've had to kick him out of a room to record a podcast because people know we were traveling all, you know, most of the last couple of years. So I kicked him out for a lot, but thankfully this suite was big enough. They're in the bedroom. I'm here. Everything's good. But that is all I really have to say about the Andaz Papagayo. So we should end the show here. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media. Joseph Chung at TravelMation.net for your travel needs. What about you, Sean? At Miles to Memories all over social media. MilesToMemories.com for all of our post-podcast videos. We still got the Vegas channel going strong. And obviously our Diamond Group still has a couple slots. And that's a great time. We have our Slack, Facebook, private bonus content for Diamond members every single week and a lot more. MTM, milesandmemories.com forward slash diamond. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. R.A.P. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry.